Marini's Media. Totally Football Show Summer Special. Today, Champions League. Combination of Red Bull and Coca in the cup sees Atletico Madrid go home early. Simeone's side left smarting by Tyler as RB reach a semi-final with PSG. Next up, Friday and Bayern Barcelona. What kind of epic awaits in Lisbon? Bayern giant, inglorious Barca's. We'll be discussing that and more in this Totally Football Show summer special in association with Paddy Power. Hello, listener. Friday the 14th, coming at you in the Totally Football Show pod, summer special style, with a little bit of the Rafa Honigstein. Hello. And a whole bunch of Alvaro Romeo. Hello, guys. That's right. We've got things to talk about. Champions League things, of course. Uh, Here we are, halfway through uh, two days' worth of Spanish-German Champions League quarterfinals and round one, ding, Alvaro, I'm sorry to say, has gone to the Bundesliga. Ha! Yeah, I thought that this class in particular was going to be won by a Spanish club. And then Friday's one was going to be won by a German one, which uh, leaves me with a very pessimistic um, approach in the build-up to Bayern-Barcelona game because I think that Bayern is going to win that, that one as well. If you're not yet a subscriber to The Athletic, take out a 30-day trial to see that unrivaled coverage of each and every Premier League club by heading to theathletic.com slash totally. Angelino in den Rücken, that's Adams, 20 meters! Yes! Tyler Adams! 2-1 in the 88th Spielminute! Durch Tyler Adams, an abgefälschter Schuss! Let's talk about RB Leipzig, formed about five minutes ago with a manager who's barely out of short trousers in the biggest game of their history, their long and storied history, coming up with a pretty special performance, Rafa. They did. I thought the performance was was outstanding, really. It had maturity, it had personality. They kept the ball beautifully. They were fearless playing out the back. Okay, up front, maybe not the most fluid of sides, but they took their chances, they kept Atletico at bay, and they looked just like the better team throughout. And I think that's something that uh, Saul picked up in his post-match interview, saying they were superior in so many areas, which which is not something you really would have expected before the game. Mm. Uh, they, they were suddenly not superior, though, when Diego Simeone decided to cast an eye towards his bench and pick out one of the world's most expensive footballers ever, the phenomenal João Felix, who came on and did his business, Alvaro, I know you were among the many people outraged that he wasn't in the starting lineup. Yeah, but it's like crying or shouting in the middle of the of the ocean, really, because uh, Simeone will do whatever he thinks is best. And for these sort of games, uh, he seems that uh, Marcos Llorente has the upper hand over Joao Felix. And Marcos Llorente has played uh, for 60 minutes uh, as a second striker, where Joao Felix should be playing. And in all fairness, Marcos Llorente has done a very good season. Um, Simeone has found the position for him behind the striker that worked in Anfield. A little bit like an emergency solution, but it did work. But Joao Felix is a better player than Marcos Llorente, and uh, he just needed 10 minutes to show all that. I mean, he fabricated the equalizer and then I was a little bit baffled and disappointed as well because the the players couldn't find Joe Felix after he scored the, the equalizer. I think that uh, the Portuguese had something in his legs today, so magic, and uh, he couldn't show it until the 90th minute because uh, basically he didn't touch the ball after he, he scored. 
And why was that? Was that because Atletico sat back or did Leipzig counter them effectively? Did, did, did Leipzig find a way to come back into the game? It was a brilliant move, first of all, for... Uh, the, he won the penalty and then converted it. But the, the touches that he showed and then the way that he just shifted the ball across and sat and waited for the, the tackle to come in to win the penalty was, was genius stuff. Yeah, yeah. He was very, he was very good. And he, you know, he, he looked illuminated today. I mean, he, he was quick. He was as skillful as usual. And uh, the problem is that his work ethics don't convince Simeone. Uh, Simeone thinks that Joe Felix is not ready to play 90 minutes. So he can start the game and play 60 minutes or uh, be on the bench and play until the end uh, when he comes on. But uh, the thing is that uh, after he scored the equalizer, I think that Atletico de Madrid uh, was better than Leipzig, at least at that stage for a short spell. And uh, Leipzig scored and uh, that was uh, a blow for Atletico de Madrid. And from mm -hmm. that moment, they started like... Uh, you know, uh, finding target men at front, Morata, even Oblak uh, in the opponent's box trying to win a header. And that wasn't the football that Joao Felix needed. So the physical plan didn't work. When uh, Joao Felix came in, everything changed. And after they received the second goal, they won physical again. And uh, they didn't create any chance. I think that uh, Gulacci was uh, pretty safe uh, uh, until the end, and Atletico tried to find the, you know, an epic goal that never happened because Atletico never created a good chance after uh, receiving the 2-1. Rafa, on that 2-1, when, when Angelino was bombing down the left and then there were two guys running up with him, what were you thinking <laughs> when he cut that ball back? <laughs> I was thinking, oh no, Angelino has done it again, picking the one option where there's no one, no one there. But I didn't see that Tyler Adams uh, was coming from deep uh, that's one of the disadvantages of watching football at home and not in the stadium and of course it worked out beautifully albeit with uh, a bit of luck in the deflection uh, but I just thought that Leipzig throughout made so much out of their potential and I think with Atletico you get the sense that with this very negative reactive setup that at least today against this opposition Simeone really has sold his own team short I think if they had been a bit more willing to commit man forward, to play a bit more attacking as they did when they won 1-0 down, they could have caused a lot more problems. But they spent 80 minutes or you know 75 minutes defending, waiting for breaks, rather than trying to, to play a bit of football. There was a very important player missing for Atletico de Madrid today. He was doubtful. He made it to the bench, but Thomas didn't play a single minute. And uh, Thomas, Oblak and Joao Felix are probably the best players of Atletico de Madrid. And Oblak was the only one playing 90 minutes today. And this is, uh, I don't want to be detrimental with Leipzig because I think that they've been better. Upamecano, Campbell, Olmo and many other players have been fantastic. And it's impressive to see that uh, all the players play one of or two touches, uh, many players uh, get involved in the build-up uh, when it comes to attacking, and that is very impressive to see, and it's a sophistication uh, above Atletico de Madrid, it has to be said, and uh, they played very well today, and they fully deserve the, the victory, but at the same time, there are little details that uh, decide the football game, and for example, there was a very soft penalty on Saul on the first half, that uh, a very strict referee may have, uh, or very strict uh, people in the VAR room, may have called, and I think that it wasn't a penalty, but you know, some, sometimes those penalties are called, and you know, these little details here and there could have changed the game. All that said, again, Leipzig was better than Atletico. Okay, but no Thomas, no party, you, you might say from Atletico's uh, point of view. Let's have a quick word about Julian Nagelsmann. Uh, Richard Jolly pointing out he's the first manager 
who is younger than David Luiz, Johar and Lionel Messi to manage in the Champions League quarterfinals. You sat down with them last week. Yeah, I mean, we knew before that he was a, a tremendous talent as far as um, being a manager is concerned. I think he relished this opportunity. Um, you could see in the way I think he addressed uh, the game beforehand that he was thinking quite deeply but being very optimistic and hopeful that his team over one leg would overcome Atletico. If you want to look at it from a tactical point of view, I think that uh, really interesting hybrid system that they played when they had uh, three at the back and, and, and a very wide five in possession and then they went back to a four whenever they lost it with uh, Lima dropping into midfield, worked really well. The amazing thing is, I don't, I don't know if you want to you know, already throw it forward to the, the game against PSG or we can maybe say this later, but he's coming up against the guy in Thomas Tuchel who, when he was a uh, youth coach at Augsburg, said to Nagelsmann, who was this player who was always injured and, and wasn't going to make it as an 18, 19-year-old, why don't you start scouting the opposition and see maybe you want to do a bit of coaching? And now they meet each other uh, 12 years later Wow! in the semi-final of the Champions League. That's extraordinary. It is phenomenal, though, that he has that tactical acumen, that authority, the, the calmness as well, at his age, at this level, to be managing at this level, younger than Lionel Messi. Yeah, it's amazing. I think the authority comes from the substance of his coaching. Of course, he is, I think, a guy that can relate to players, that can make them you know, feel that he understands them and uh, you know, he's, he finds a way of communicating effectively, but there is also just so much substance. And I think players very quickly work out whether there's a coach that can help them or someone who's just bluffing. And Nagelsmann has shown wherever he has worked that he can really help players play better and, and really improve them. And that is the biggest thing you can do as a manager. If you then also you know, have a, a bit of a feeling for dynamics in a dressing room and um, sort of you know, who you should maybe treat slightly differently to, uh, to another person without being um, showing you know, um, preferential treatment, but sort of just finding an individual level of, of addressing people, then there's all the makings of a top manager there. And, and we all knew this. And I guess the, the only difference is that now having shown this against Simeone at Atletico at this stage, it's very difficult to ignore much longer. You know, this is almost sort of as almost winning a trophy as far as the, I think, the importance and the relevance uh, and mm. the resonance of this result is tonight. Olmo winning a trophy, you know, perhaps. Yeah. We'll see in a week's time. Yeah. I was very surprised with um, the amount of fouls that uh, Leipzig uh, has done today. They've done 21, and this is something that they will attribute to teams like uh, Getafe or Atletico de Madrid because they know how to interrupt the game a lot. And Atletico doesn't have a big flow uh, when they play in the midfield. Uh, they don't have it. Uh, but just in case, Leipzig, they've been stopping them all the time, constantly. They've done 21 faults, and there was an image in the first half of Simeone just... Uh, pointing at the referee and telling him how many faults had Leipzig had done already in the first half. So he was counting them uh, because Atletico just couldn't find the rhythm. And I think that, uh, yeah, this is probably something that Nagelsmann has instructed his players to do. And it worked very well for them because Atletico in the first half, they were desperate. I mean, their only way of taking the ball out from the defense line was... Uh, the fullback passing it to the winger, and that didn't really work either. It was pretty much Carrasco uh, trying to do his own adventure on the left-hand uh, side of the pitch. But uh, yeah, I, 
I have to say that I was very impressed as well with the way that uh, Leipzig uh, deterred Atletico de Madrid from playing football. Atletico just couldn't um, do anything with the ball until finally in the second half, uh, when they were one nil behind, they they did it in with a more direct approach. But until then, Leipzig had everything under control. So Leipzig didn't miss Tino Werner this time, Rafa. What's going to happen though when they meet up with PSG? Well, I think they will miss him against PSG in particular. I think it'll be a different game. I think they'll have more spaces. There'll be more of a transition um, game, which which is really the classic Leipzig model. They have made huge inroads and huge progress in possession, which you really saw today. And that, again, is is mostly down to Nagelsmann, who's taken the Leipzig blueprint of, of pressing, of gegenpressing, of being very strong against the ball and added elements of possession and position um, which have begun to take Leipzig really forward, even though it's not quite finished yet. But I think Werner would have been absolutely ideal um, for PSG. Now they have to find other solutions. Uh, today they found the solutions uh, in midfield. They scored with midfielders. Um, I think it'll be it'll be a different game again, but a game that um, I think, <laughs> I mean, Nagelsmann can never make that point publicly because he'd be undermining his own team, but I think they really could have done with Timo Werner for the next one. On the subject of the stylistic change there, the, the build-up to almost goal, 18 passes and all 10 outfield players involved in that in that move on the way to uh, opening up the scoring. Elliot Harris writing in, uh, among the many people questioning uh, Simeone's attitude, which he says has held Atleti back in all competitions since 2016. Do you see tonight's result impacting on that, on his position, on his attitude? Simeone has to decide definitely whether he wants to be a bit more daring and uh, use uh, Joe Felix more uh, for 90 minutes if he definitely decides to drop Diego Costa because this is not 2017 anymore and Diego Costa hasn't shown the level that he's shown, he shown at Chelsea um, since his uh, re-arrival to Atletico de Madrid and there are few players that in my opinion they shouldn't play that much and Costa being one of them for example I think that uh, Trippier is not the best fullback they could have for the type of game they, they want to do. And yeah, I believe that uh, Atletico de Madrid should start giving uh, more chances, and Simeone in particular, to the younger players because Morata, for example, Joe Felix, uh, they got a vitality up front. Uh, the goal had been very refreshing in a day like today against uh, Leipzig. Colin Miller pointing out this is the first time ever that Diego Simeone's Atletico Madrid have been knocked out of the Champions League by a team that didn't feature Cristiano Ronaldo. So a little piece of history. More history to come on Friday uh, when the only two previous Champions League winners left in this year's competition meet in Lisbon in the loser has to take Philip Coutinho derby. We'll be talking about that game next. Everyone remembers that time you've had that peach of an accumulator looking good only for... Oh, and the keepers let it slip through his legs in the 94th minute. Or the right back has to pull on the gloves and face a penalty. Or Man United have again conceded a late equaliser. But with Paddy Power's Acker Cracker, you get a free bet if one leg of your fourfold plus Acker lets you down on all football matches and all markets. Paddy Power. Max free bet £10. Minimum odds of 1 to 5 on each leg. Online exclusive exclude shop bets. T's and C's apply. 18 plus. BeCumbleAware.org. This is the Totally Summer Special by the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Oh, 
what's going on there then? Just a bit of German commentators enjoying one of the most remarkable matches of recent times. 23rd of April 2013, Champions League semi-final, Jupp Heinz Bayern absolutely taking part Tito Villanova's Barcelona on their way to a 7-0 aggregate victory over the Catalans. It was a Bayern on the hunt for a treble. It was a Barcelona team in transition. The parallels are obvious. Alvaro Romeo, we make Bayern big favourites again. What, what are they saying in Spain? I believe that there is an acceptance this time that uh, Bayern is favourite for this game. Of course, there is always like uh, this invoking of Lionel Messi. He's there, he can change the game. You know, with this Champions League format, um, strange as it sounds, uh, Barcelona can be a little bit benefited because they seem to be incapable of uh, just uh, getting a good um, run of form and a good uh, set of results. But if it's only one one leg every tire, then Barcelona may have a, a bigger chance against um, Bayern Munich. Uh, yeah, but it's strange how a couple of years ago, no one in Spain would have said that Bayern is favourite. Of course, Barcelona has been very unconvincing this season. Even against Napoli, the second half was abysmal. Uh, Barcelona seems to be only to be able to do only like 30, 35 good minutes. And after that, they got knackered. Um, Messi and Suarez... Uh, disappear from the defensive unit and then Barcelona suffers and I think that against Napoli you can do that but against Bayern if you don't defend with every player and if you don't attack with every player then they are going to get you and uh, I think that uh, Bayern is a big favorite for this game especially because Lewandowski is in a great form as well and they are faster they've got uh, some players that uh, they should be very intimidating for Barcelona like Alfonso Davis and uh, Nabri on the right if he, if he plays because the, the fullbacks are not fantastic and yeah I would say that uh, Bayern um, should feel confident ahead of the game but uh, obviously knowing that uh, a player like Messi or like a player like Suarez can change the game anytime. Here are some things that have happened since the 7th of December 2019. Uh, Meghan and Harry moved to California. Uh, Great Britain had an election. Christian Benteke scored a goal and there was a, a business with a virus. Uh, something that hasn't happened in all that time since the 7th of December is, Rafa, Bayern losing a football match. Oh, yeah. Extraordinary record. 27 matches undefeated in 2020 since the turn of the year. They've had 23 matches and they've won 22 of them and drawn the other against the phenomenal RB Leipzig. So Barcelona have Messi and Bayern have Lewandowski. Yeah, but I don't think it's about those two. I think Bayern have a team and Barcelona have Messi. I mean, that might be a little bit reductive, but that's, I think, how most people are judging this game. They have seen what Barcelona did or what Messi did. They've seen the flaws in Barcelona's game. They've seen a more complete Bayern side playing sort of with, with 80-75% against Chelsea and they feel that everything considered Bayern should be too strong but of course we do know and I think Bayern will be very aware of this that you might not have to have the complete team performance you might just have Messi doing something absolutely outrageous putting Boateng on his backside once more as he did so famously in the 2015 semi-final and suddenly Bayern face himself chasing the game, perhaps against the Barcelona side, who will be slightly different, who will be looking to soak up the pressure, who will maybe even seed control in midfield and try to just use Messi as a as a striker or as a second striker, completely relieving of any um, defensive duties. 
and just have him walk into position as he as he does so so effectively. So I think Bayern are, are hopeful that they are the better side, but mm. I don't think they are overly confident or triumphant before the event. What do you make of Karl-Heinz Rummenigge's comments that if Messi plays on his side, Alfonso will take care of him? It's an interesting task. Alfonso hasn't been outpaced or dribble past often this season. Alfonso Davis against Leo Messi, Alvaro. I think Lionel Messi is more likely to get a dribble successful if the dribble is quite unpredictable and, uh, you know, not the easiest option around. I don't think that uh, Messi is going to try to dribble past Alfonso Davis recklessly but at the same time maybe Alfonso Davis cannot go up as much as he would like because he knows that Messi drops basically stays up front and in any counter-attack he can he can destroy you it was interesting to see how Messi played against Napoli because for the first time in 10 or 11 games well pretty much since Kika City and came he played the 20 meters uh, forward uh, of his usual position, uh, so he got more contact with the ball in the in the box, and I think that, that was very refreshing for Barcelona. And partially, I think that that happened because Frankie De Jong came back after his injury, played against Napoli, and uh, some of the duties in the midfield uh, went to Frankie De Jong, and Lionel Messi got released from them. And if Frankie de Jong plays well uh, this game, I think that Barcelona is going to benefit a lot from that because against Napoli it was very good. And this season he has had like a, you know, uh, some sloppy games, some good games, and we haven't seen the the player that marvelled everyone uh, everyone at Ajax. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, going back to Messi, going back to Suarez, uh, those two don't defend much normally. So I think that uh, Kike Setien is going to armor plate the right channel, probably playing with Arturo Vidal in there, all together with Sergi Roberto or with uh, Semedo, uh, because they know that uh, Bayern has a lot of potential on the wings. And I think that Barcelona is going to play with the 4-4-2 this time, uh, because... Uh, Ansu Fati didn't play the other day against Napoli, which I consider odd, uh, and I don't think he will start this time. It doesn't look likely. And Dembélé, who happens to be in the squad, uh, he is not ready to start. He's ready to be in the squad and to play a few minutes, but uh, he's been out with an injury. What about Thiago, uh, Rafa? Well, Thiago will definitely play because Jules uh, Joachimich is going to continue on the right uh, of the fence. It's no longer his preferred position. He wants to play midfield. And I think Bayern lose a little bit without him in midfield. Uh, Goretzka holding is not not as effective a player as if he can be a number eight and join up with the attack. But uh, that is the Bayern's best 11 uh, without Benjamin Pavard, who did make the flight on Thursday, but is very unlikely, if not impossible, uh, for him to feature against Barcelona. But there is hope that he can possibly come back for a semi-final if, of course, Bayern, Bayern reach it. So, yeah, Thiago, um, a key player for Bayern. Uh, for how much longer? Um, probably not much. Uh, there is talk in Munich. Um, Bild had a story that Liverpool have now been getting in touch with Bayern about signing Thiago, but that's not been confirmed uh, on any of the Liverpool side of, um, of the media. So we'll have to see just how real that is. Okay. Meanwhile, on the transfer front, from Barcelona's point of view, I was really excited, Alvaro, to see that they're signing Cristiano Ronaldo with all that money that they have. I I don't think that uh, Barcelona can afford Cristiano Ronaldo's wages, but uh, they were one of the first clubs to stop with the payment to some of the Mm. staff uh, when the pandemic started. All the players had to lower down their salaries critically. 
and uh, yeah, it would be impossible that Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Barcelona could accommodate Cristiano Ronaldo's wages into the massive wage bill that Barcelona has uh, right now. It would be so difficult. Unless, unless a certain Argentine had just left for Inter, where he has just bought a penthouse in a building opposite Inter's headquarters. I mean, you know. Yeah, well, his contract expires in 2021, and uh, his contract hasn't been renewed. Uh, mm. There hasn't been um, successful talks uh, about extending it so far. And Lionel Messi, I think that he wants to wait. He knows that uh, he can control the tempo of the story. He knows that uh, he wants to have a really good uh, couple of uh, final years of his career and he wants to choose the right place to stay. I believe that Messi finally is going to stay at Barcelona because he's done a living there. But at the same time, him not extending his contract is also sending a message to the club. You'd better surround me with the right players for the next season because otherwise... I'm not going to be able to win a Champions League and this is his ultimate dream uh, before he retires altogether with winning something with Argentina. Mm, that's why they bring in big Chris to give him a hand. Fantastic. It's going to be amazing next season. Uh, now, Rafa, uh, Alvaro was just saying that they kind of resigned to Barcelona losing to there being no Spanish sides in the semi-finals for the first time in ooh, 13 years. I'm not going to fall for these mind games. From Alvaro, but it it could it could happen. I mean, I don't know how indicative it is because it is a different uh, tournament, and I think the draw certainly hasn't worked for, let's say, Real Madrid, who you know who got one of the favorites, and the same is true for for Barcelona in a different, a slightly different um, environment, different timing. We would have, could have seen very different results. So I wouldn't go that far and read too much into it and, or say this is about a decline of, of Spanish football. But I think what it does tell you is that all these three teams are just by their own standards in August 2020 just in a bit of a dip. And that slight dip for a number of different reasons is just enough at this level not to be among the, the last few sides. But I don't think that's necessarily the sign of a bigger malaise. I think they will bounce back very quickly, especially when the financial situation changes again. I think that they can bounce back, but uh, you know, in 2009-2010, when the new decade started, I could really tell that Barcelona and Real Madrid were going to dominate the next five years because they made some investments that they were critical at the time. Uh, they signed uh, Real Madrid got Cristiano Ronaldo, Kaká, Di Maria, Osil, Kedira, and uh, Carvalho. You know, they they got all these players in the space of a couple of years, and that was like making a huge statement. I'm going to win Champions League. And Barcelona had Messi, and uh, they had the, the golden Spanish generation in the same team together. So I could see them dominating football for five uh, years. And in reality, I mean, the last decade has been a decade of Spanish domination, with the exception of uh, Bayern in 2013, that they were amazing, and English football last uh, season. But I think that Spain won six Champions Leagues and five or six Europa Leagues in this decade. I don't think that the next decade is going to be as good. I, I don't see that happening. I mean, Simeone's project, uh, I don't think that it will get any better than it was in 2014. Barcelona is not going to be better than it was this decade. That's pretty much impossible. And the same thing applies for Real Madrid. I think that there is now more... There are now more competitors who can get really good players uh, from Real Madrid and Barcelona who have a, a very beneficial TV share revenue in Spain at the beginning of the last decade. Now the TV share revenue is more shared between the rest of the clubs. And football is going to be more open from now on. And this is very good as well because I don't think that it's good that uh, 
Real Madrid wins four Champions League and uh, Barcelona wins two in the last decade, at least from a neutral point of view, because it doesn't make it so much fun. Well, Friday certainly sounds fun with this Barcelona taking on that Bayern Munich. We'll have a little bit more from Alvaro and Rafa very shortly, answering one or two of your questions. But first of all, here's Lee Price from Paddy Bauer. Hello, thank you. Yes, this is a biggie. Second favourites Bayern Munich. They've slipped just behind Man City in our betting over the last few days. They're priced at 3-1 to one to win the Champions League. Take on Barcelona, who are priced at as long as 8-1 to one to win the Champions League. Been a long time since we've said that. But that's because Bayern Munich are odds-on to win this game. They're 10 to 11 to beat Barcelona, who are priced at 12 to 5. Quick, obligatory Lionel Messi mention. He is, of course, odds on to score in this game, as he is every game. This game could have huge ramifications on the tournament. If Bayern Munich are knocked out, expect to see Man City go odds on to win the Champions League. Yes, really. And Barcelona to shorten dramatically. But as it is, we're back in Bavarians to go through. You can find out these odds and more at paddypower.com or the Paddy Power app. Prices are accurate at the time of recording. It's over 18s only. Terms and conditions apply. And when the fun stops, stop. Right. Got some questions for you here. Uh, Neil Stevenson says the biggest question is Thiago. But we've already answered that one. Kind of. Stephen Gasby asks, how long will it be before Diego Simeone leaves Atletico Madrid, Alvaro? Whenever he wants. He okay. will basically choose his future. He has earned that right. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, he wanted to be at Atletico de Madrid when they unveiled the new stadium. He did it in 2017. And uh, there has been no no hint about him leaving this year or next year. So I believe that he's going to stay a couple of more years if everything goes right, because he wants to be the captain of this transitional period of Atletico de Madrid. Okay. Another question for you from Dangerously Dazzling Showtime Reds fan James who says, can Alvaro update us on the finale of the Spanish second division? When Deportivo asked for the entire run of fixtures to be replayed, did anything become of it? Uh, No, 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 Uh, not at all. I mean, Deportivo is in the third tier, as far as it is now, and uh, now they are playing the playoffs uh, to be in the second division. Uh, And yeah, we we have to wait, but uh, we will know in a couple of, uh, well, in a week time, who is the last team who promotes to, to Spanish football for the next season? We have already two, and yeah, we have to wait. Into the Liga or into the second division? Into the Liga. Ah, yes, into the Liga. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good. Uh, Rafa, what do you think about this from Adam M. Greenwood, who says, are we in danger of a serious level of player burnout? I you probably saw the Premier League publishing its full schedule today, and it's pretty packed. Only a short break, says Adam before the new season, coupled with Euros next season, what state are players going to be in for the season after this? There is indeed concern that this is going to be um, too much this year. If you consider the fact that there's no winter break this year, not even in Germany, they've only had five days off. Um, there's a lot of concern that by March, April, you'll see players break down. Um, managers, fitness coaches have to really be very careful this year. To, to rotate as much as possible, to really evaluate and to monitor the fitness levels of, of their players very, very carefully. And with the Euros coming up as well, I think, you know, by the time it's, it's August, September 2021, it's going to be very tough for a lot of players to find the same energy levels again, especially those who would have been involved in, in the big competitions throughout the summer. I really wonder if we're going to see any, any team making 
90 plus points in the big leagues because I think that uh, all this carousel of games, everything coming to really quickly, uh, that's going to affect every squad. Every squad to the point that maybe we start seeing some unpredictable results, uh, you know, results that with the right rest wouldn't happen. Probably the big team normally wins, but uh, at the minute everything coming together all so quickly. I don't know if uh, we're going to see the dominance of Liverpool last season. That's going to be very difficult. All right. And one last question for you, Alvaro. Claptrap High says, what's the feeling in Spain regarding your goalkeeping situation? Well, the feeling in Spain is that when, when Casillas retired, uh, probably we became aware of how good we were with Iger Casillas and Pepe Reina at his prime in the Spanish national team, just guarding our goal. But right now, uh, the two Premier League goalkeepers are not... Uh, up to the standards at the minute. They haven't had a good season, nor Kepa, neither uh, David De Gea. The debate in Spain, if uh, there is any, but uh, there will be, I think, when uh, international football comes back in September, the debate will be who is the Spanish goalkeeper again. Uh, that debate has been ongoing since uh, Casillas lost his place, and uh, no goalkeeper has been strong enough to make a statement and to, to prove that the you know, uh, he has to be the Spanish goalkeeper for the next year. There are some good prospects uh, behind, like, for example, Sergio Arsenjo. He is the Villarreal goalkeeper. He is uh, very experienced. And I think that Unai Simón from Athletic de Bilbao is another goalkeeper to to look out for because I believe that if Kepa or David De Gea don't put their batteries on, as we say in Spanish, well, maybe Unai Simón has a good chance. Mm. Well, funnily enough, Friday night we'll see the two contenders for the goalkeeping jersey for the German national side. Face-to-face, Tess Degen and Manuel Neuer. Ooh, in that Bayern-Barcelona clash. And, of course, we'll be back with you Saturday morning with our reaction to that game and a look ahead to Man City against Lyon. That's it, though, for this edition of the Toby Football Show Summer Special. Many thanks to Raphael Honigstein. Thank you. And also to Alvaro Romeo. Gracias. And to producer Charlie and you, listener, for being with us. Join us again in 24... For now, it's cheerio. You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Totally at thetotallyfootballshow.com and follow us at The Totally Show on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of The Athletic's football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on The Athletic app. The Totally Football Show is a Muddy Knees Media production and sponsored by Paddy Power. Muddy Knees Media.